Shades 30th birthday. Grapples to Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to birthday festivities, for it is Shade's 30th birthday. And I get to spend my time with you lovely listeners here on soundcloud.com slash grapples to apples. That's grapples, the number two apples. You don't like SoundCloud. You got Apple Podcasts. You got Google Play Music. You got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening. As long as you are listening. Now, usually, I am joined by a host, my hetero life mate. I'm usually joined by the Suburban Brothers. But today, it is a solo, dolo, NXT TakeOver 3-0 recap and review from yours truly, the birthday boy, Shades. Five matches on this card. Boyo. What a lot happened. A lot happened. Let's get right into it and ring that bell. So, the pre show is a triple threat match to determine the number one contenders for the tag team champions with Breezango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze taking on Oni Larkin and Danny Birch and LDF. Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. If they wanted to make uh, Legado del, del Fantasma feel more legit, they needed to win this match. Did not happen. Uh, the baby faces go over Breezango. They take on Imperium. I don't know if it's going to be this week's NXT. It could be a, another takeover. Uh, UK starting up on the 17th of September. So they're, they're going to have a championship opportunity in the near future starting to show off proper the prince of nxt finn balor taking on timothy thatcher in a match that showcased finn's technical ability timothy thatcher is all about the wrestling the joint manipulation and finn held his own there very interesting match very entertaining match Oh, with Finn. <sighs> Finn was working on, like, he had his legs getting worked on by Timothy Thatcher. And, boy, uh, his move, his finisher is, is the coup de grace. It's hard to perform that finisher on a bum leg. But he does, and he hits 19, was it 1869 or whatever the hell Balor's uh Sunday Bloody Sunday's finisher was from New Japan. Uh, Balor goes over, but this is a strong showing for Timothy Thatcher. It's a step up in competition, especially with Balor being, you know, one of the, the second longest reigning NXT World Champion, being the first ever Universal Champion, multiple IC champions. Good step up in competition for him. Uh, the only problem with I, that, I see, that I see with Timothy Thatcher is that he he doesn't have like he has a very low ceiling like he doesn't have major like 
top of the card potential, but he could definitely, definitely rule the mid card IC US title scene because he has like this presence about him, especially when uh, the cracked tooth and the, uh, the the receding hairline, veins popping out of his neck. He's got he's got something going on. Moving on to the third match, well, the second match of the the, the pay-per-view, they had, which I thought this match was going to be a little bit later, the five-man ladder match for the North American Championship. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano, taking on Velveteen Dream, taking on Cameron Grimes, taking on Bronson Reed, taking on Damian Priest. Now, Bronson Reed's a big boy. Big girth boy. You know, ooh. Damian Priest is trying to be booked as like this big monster. Cameron Grimes is eccentric. Johnny Takeover is Johnny Takeover, and Velveteen is Velveteen. You, you have a lot of talent, and it's showcased in this in this match. Um, Bronson Reed came out in his singlet with flames on it in paying homage to Bam Bam Bigelow, another super heavyweight who knew how to fly. This match, although there weren't too many ladder spots, you had not only Cameron Grimes, but Bronson Reed. Ring awareness was very important. So, uh, during the match, uh, Cameron Grimes, if I'm not mistaken, is under the ladder. The ladder is uh, being leaned on the, the ropes, and obviously you're going to get a, a dive spot from there. Uh, Damian Priest runs the ropes, jumps on the ladder, and dives onto all the competitors on the outside. But if Cameron Grimes isn't under that ladder, holding it the way he was, it, Priest could have took a bad tumble. So that was very like good ring awareness by Cameron Grimes. You can see him in the replay holding the ladder steady so Priest can do the springboard to get onto the competitors outside. Perfect ring awareness. Uh, Bronson Reed, another section i don't remember where it was oh okay perfect now i remember uh cameron grimes and johnny gargano are fighting on the ladder and then there's the ladder being laid um between the rope and the other ladder to uh, a la table spot it's more of a ladder spot johnny gargano does a sunset flip power bomb delivers it to cameron grimes but if you notice, Bronson Reed is hugging, uh, while he's on the floor in the ring, is hugging both legs of both ladders, so that way when they do the move, uh, neither man gets hurt. I mean, it was an ugly spot anyway, because Gargano kind of missed the ladder, uh, delivering the, the powerbomb onto Cameron Grimes, so it was a little, I think Cameron's left shoulder hit the ladder, but that's it. Um, 
we had Cameron Grimes climbing the ladder again later on in the match to get stopped by uh, Candice LeRae, uh, Mrs. Johnny Gargano. And he's, <laughs> he's just yelling at her, what is she doing on the ladder? She beats him up to get, to get him off. Uh, at some point, Johnny Gargano's trying to climb the ladder as well. Uh, he gets taken off. Bronson Reed climbs, and he tries to get. And he gets stopped by Candice LeRae, who he then puts on his back and off the second to last rung on the ladder delivers a splash onto Johnny Gargano. Uh, this was a fun match. Uh, Damian Priest does go over and wins the Archer of Infamy. Infamy. I don't know what his slogan is, but Damian Priest does go over. It's about time. I think Gargano and Velveteen don't need the belt. I think if you were going to give it to somebody and push him into the main event scene, it's going to be Damian Priest. Uh, Bronson Reed will have his time. The guy can fly for a, a super heavyweight. He's inner. I'm not trying to do a podcast here, motorcycle. Thank you. Uh, Bronson Reed has a very good ceiling. I'm I'm glad we're going to see more from him. But Damian Priest does go over. Uh, next match of the night. Whew. This match had no business being as good as it was. Adam Cole taking on Pat McAfee. Uh, in a build that they've been saying was two years in the making. It's, you know, Pat, Pat McAfee has been on NXT, and he, he has jawed with Adam Cole for a little bit. But, wee. This match made me hate Pat McAfee. And it's hard that... It's hard to, to paint Adam Cole as the babyface in this situation because... He's naturally a heel. Undisputed Error are heels. But Pat McAfee. This wasn't heel versus face dynamic. This was... Non-wrestler and Adam Cole being the wrestler defending the business. Um, Pat McAfee was showing off his athleticism. He's like, this is my house now. He's talking a lot of trash. He comes out with his goons. And we're like, oh, okay, so where's the Undisputed Era? Um, they, the Undisputed Era actually come out after, like, during the match. Uh, we have an outside spot. They're trying to, like, the refs are trying to break up uh, with security, the, the fracas that's going on. And props, absolute props to Pat McAfee. Did something that uh, Rob Gronkowski didn't have the stones to do or it took what they they said for wrestlemania it took him an extra two hours of filming because he was scared to jump off of the uh elevated area pat mcfee gets on the top rope without hesitation does a senton bomb onto the guys outside and you can see he's just having fun out there he's a big time wrestling fan and He's getting to live out a dream, you know. You're wrestling one of the best wrestlers in the world, Adam Cole, baby. Um, another spot that showed off Pat's uh, athleticism is him and Adam Cole are on on the top rope. 
Cole pushes him off, and Pat McAfee does a moonsault, a, a backflip moonsault, lands on his feet. Cole looks stunned. McAfee runs at him, does a, a spring like a cat, jumps onto the top rope, and delivers a beautiful suplex to Adam Cole. But this goes without saying, to make Adam Cole give Adam Cole that that opportunity to carry a wrestler and Pat McAfee didn't need much carrying I mean his sh- uh, shoulder collar tie-ups were abysmal but to have Adam Cole put on a good showing in my opinion match of the night with Pat McAfee and then go over he hit him with the super kick he didn't hit him with the last call or the last shot. I'm not, but he did hit him with the Panama City Sunrise. And Adam Cole goes over. This one is uh, um this next match kind of this is the one that I didn't care about. Eoshirai and Dakota Kai. They had a somewhat decent match. Uh, Dakota Kai was really working Io's arm. Uh, so she was basically one-armed for the entire uh, for the entirety of the match. Uh, we get a ref spot towards the end of the match. And uh, Raquel Gonzalez comes in and delivers... Was it a power bomb? I don't know what what it was like a choke slam type power bomb onto Io Shirai, and we're like, oh man, Dakota Kai is not going to win this uh, like this way, and she doesn't. She Raquel revives the ref. Io kicks out at two, and she ends up winning with the moonsault. If I'm not mistaken. I don't remember the actual finish to that match. But Io Shirai retains. Now. With Io retaining. She's celebrating in the ring. Raquel Gonzalez comes into the ring and attacks her. And. Io gets saved. By Rhea Ripley. Very attractive looking Rhea Ripley mind you. And they're just staring off at each other. This, for them, tries two big, brutal monsters staring each other down. And even while Dakota Kai is ushering Raquel Gonzalez out of the ring, she's still staring daggers into uh, Rhea Ripley and vice versa. Now, what I would have liked was for... Rhea Ripley to at least stare down Io Shirai. I mean, she did when she like when she wasn't in the ring, she didn't stare them down. But when she left the ring, she's standing on the the uh, top of the ramp on the stage area. She's just staring at Io Shirai. I'm just like, okay. I, I, I'm, eventually, we're gonna get Gonzalez versus Ripley, and then that will be the number one contender for Io Shirai's belt. 
Um, because after that, I mean, there's no other woman that on the roster that feels big enough to dethrone either Io Shirai or Rhea Ripley. Those are your two biggest names on the main uh, on your 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 brand for NXT. Uh, Dakota Kai, although in like in ring work is good, she's still like she's not believable as a champion. Tegan Knox isn't there either. R- Raquel Gonzalez, I think her ceiling is m- just being uh, a, a a brute like muscle for a smaller uh, female competitor. Candice LeRae, <sighs> her heel work is good, and I think that would take some. Some tweaking for them to have her beat Io Shirai. But you don't want to revisit their feud from, what was it, six months ago, where LeRae had the. No, did LeRae have the heel No, Io had the heel turn. They're both heel. Well, is Io a heel right now? Or is she like a tweener baby face? She's got like that crazy, you know, Joshi girl thing going on, but. She was spitting venom in the like the video package against Dakota Kai. It's like that when Dakota Kai was facing Shayna Baszler, she was a scared little girl, and she wants to make uh, Dakota that same scared little girl when you mention the name Io Shirai. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not something a face would say, but I don't know, man. Right now, the wrestling landscape is. You don't really have just flat out heels anymore. Yeah, like Baron Corbin, yeah, because everyone hates him. But you have heels that are entertaining and the fans like that. The Miz and Morrison, those are heels, but they have their hey, 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 ho, ho, Miz and Morrison songs. You have Seth doing his Monday Night Messiah stuff. The the true heel on NXT now is carrying cross, and we'll get into that later. Um, so trying to rebuild your women's division. For, okay, so in NXT, their their prime women's division was the four horsewomen. Of course, no debating that. But for me, I think it has gone down in progressive talent if that makes sense um tegan knox dakota kai uh mia yim all these girls can have a shot at the belt but they don't feel legit like champions and that's why i feel like nxt's division is weaker now their women's division is weaker now uh, I know I'm going to get a lot of debate from this, and I, I someone proved me wrong. Chelsea Green is just that, still green. Um, uh, the Bad and Bougie Girls, Vanessa Bourne, and the other one, I don't remember her name. They don't have a, a, a super stacked women's division the way that Impact has theirs. 
Now, if you take WWE as a whole, sure, their their women's division is stacked. They have the four horsewomen, you know, four of the best wrestlers and female wrestlers in the world. They have Asuka. They have Io. They have Tony Storm in UK. Like, what I think they need to do is they need to start building women that feel more real, more main event ready. I mean, if Candice LeRae goes to the main roster, she's not beating Charlotte. If Mia Yim goes to the main roster, she's not beating Bailey or Sasha Banks. She may get a, a a quick win here or there, but they're not getting championship reigns with these women on the roster. Oh, we can use a weekly episode to talk about the state of women's wrestling. I'm sure that Thrill would be thrilled, pun very much intended, on actually talking about that. So we, maybe we can revisit that in the future. On to the main event. Limitless Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross with Scarlet. Now, since they signed Karrion Cross, they have been making him feel legit, and he feels legit. Him attacking Dominic Dijakovic, who's very good friends with Keith Lee, him beating Tommaso Ciampa the way he did at the previous uh, takeover at In Your House. No one saw coming. Cross feels legit. Now, as I stated earlier, you want your competitor to feel like you want your superstars to feel legit. If Karrion Cross leaves NXT right now and goes to the main roster, he can easily be a universal champion. He has his in ring skill is. Leave something to be desired for me. But uh, Keith Lee is also another one that's ready for the main roster. These two men, big behemoths, um, during the match, it felt like when Keith Lee was slowing down, Karrion Cross was turning on the juice. And I think Corey Graves said it best. He's just like, Karrion Cross is like the freaking Terminator right now. He just keeps getting better. And it's true. Throughout the match, he was, if Keith Lee was Superman, uh, Karrion Cross was definitely Doomsday. And for you comic book nerds out there, we all know what happens when Doomsday and, and Superman fought. Superman died. Except Karrion Cross, this Doomsday, did not die. He got better, he got stronger. He had him in the cross jacket, and that's where I thought Keith Lee was going to lose, but he hits a massive spirit bomb with the spirit bomb. He has put put away Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano. Well, he didn't put away Adam Cole, but he's beaten Johnny Gargano. He's beaten many, many superstars with that spirit bomb. But not this time. Keith, Keith Lee looked stunned. Absolutely stunned. As did I. The way they carrying across it was just one, two, and just immediate kick out after two. It's like he didn't sell it for long or anything. No, he 
in a way, he was just saying, you can't hurt me. I'm taking your best, and you got nothing left after this. In the closing moments of the match, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross are both on this, the middle rope. Earlier in the match, Karrion tried to hit him with the Doomsday side um, back suplex. He's on the second rope with Keith Lee now and does hit the Doomsday um, backslam. That's the only way I can describe it. Side suplex. And picks up the 1-2-3 to become the new NXT champion. Now, there's a lot to dissect here. This is Keith Lee's first NXT TakeOver Championship defense. And you have him drop it on his first title defense at TakeOver? Why? If not to just send him to the main roster. If that's the case, then why take the belt off of Adam Cole? It doesn't make any sense. Keith Lee was being booked strong. And Thrill and I said, you gotta have this go to a no contest. Let them let them fight it out. Double count out, double knockout, double disqualification, whatever you want to do. Just don't have either man lose. Keith Lee getting pinned by carrying a, a carrying cross that's only been with the company for half a year. What do you do now? You've booked Karrion Cross to be damn near indestructible. Damn near indestructible. Who takes the belt off of him? Does he have a lengthy reign? Does he have an Adam Cole reign? You know? For over a year. Does he have a Finn Balor reign for over a year? Is he a one and done champion? I don't think so. He can't be a one-and-done champion. Because if not, then you've booked him to look so strong, and then what happened gets the belt taken off of him almost immediately. Now, him and Scarlet together are going to do fantastic work. She's an attractive woman. She's legit. She makes him feel legit. He's legit. He already makes himself feel legit. Them together is perfect booking. But where does both Keith Lee and Karrion Cross go from here? Who does Keith Lee take on next? Who does Keith Lee... Uh, he's not going back to, to the North American championship scene. Do you have just Keith Lee and Karrion Cross continue their feud? What happens next? They don't. You don't want them trading NXT Championship reigns because then that devalues the belt. So where do you go from here? Does Keith Lee just go straight to the main roster now? Keith Lee shows up on Raw, takes on MVP and his uh, hurt the hurt business. You know, just just dismantles them. Because it's all veterans. It's not like they're 
you know, up-and-coming guys who need to be protected. He can come out and get paired up with Cedric Alexander. He can be the mystery partner for Cedric Alexander and, and Ricochet. Karrion Cross, though. What do you do with him now? What great white hope babyface is going to come in and beat this man who seems indestructible? He's got a good gimmick. The Doomsday. The... the uh, was it uh, the TikTok thing? Like, your time's up. It works. But who beats him? Do you have a returning Pete Dunne with COVID? You know, I mean, I know like COVID and everything, it's hard to do that because he's in the UK right now. But him and, and, and Riddle aren't going to be a tag team anymore. Riddle's on the main roster. There's, I don't, I can't foresee a, uh, a guy to dethrone Karrion Cross. Do you guys? And if you do, please let me know. Because I'm interested to see where they go from here. They have painted themselves into a corner now. But you got to trust Triple H and his booking to to. Get it together. That being said, in the world of professional wrestling, there are grading systems. Like Meltzer, they use stars. Like what culture and cultaholic, they use letter systems. Here at Grapples to Apples, so wrestling podcast, so we use a wrestling move, a tope, tope suicida, tope con hero. Five topes out of five. This is the best absolute match I've seen. Dominion 6-9 looking at you. Or you have zero topes, which was an abomination. How did this even get on the air? Looking at, I don't know, backlash when Jinder Mahal wins his belt. Going through... The entire card. It's not a long card. Six matches, pre-show included. You always start off at 2.5. Always in the middle. Brizango winning number one contenders tag team tag uh, tag match. Keeps it at a 2.5. Balor and Timoth- uh, Timothy Thatcher. You know what? Very good match. Boosts it to a three for me. The latter match. Damian Priest... Gargano, Breed, Reed, Grimes, and Dream boosts this one up again, 3.5. Cole and McAfee, again, stated it earlier, my match of the night, boosts it to a 4. Now, the women's match, although it wasn't great it was entertaining so i'm gonna keep it at a four and 
Tarion defeating Keith Lee came out of left field, and it's been reported that Karrion Cross actually sh- suffered a sh- separated. Oh my God, these S's. Karrion Cross suffered a separated shoulder during the main event with Keith Lee, so he's going to be off of TV for a couple weeks. The shock factor makes me want to bring this up to a 4.5. But I don't think overall this pay-per-view was that good. It was for good. Like, entertaining. I, I liked it. It was a really good show. So I'm going to stick with a 4. 4 topes. And I usually am a harsh judge. But takeovers are takeovers. This isn't like Great Balls of Fire or Hell in the Cell or anything like that. This is... This is a good good show. I think with that being said, that's going to wrap up our recap and review of NXT TakeOver Triple X or 30. You have been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash grapples the apples. That's grapples the number two apples. Remember you don't listen on SoundCloud, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or iHeartRadio. Do not forget to look at our social media accounts. That's Twitter.com and Facebook, Facebook.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples, the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you gotta do to get us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible. I have been one of your hosts, the birthday boy. The man of the hour, man with the power, too damn sweet to be sour, cream of the crop, rise at the top, your boy, Shades. Don't don't forget to catch us for SummerSlam, our weeklies, this week, next week, and every other week. Because an apple a day keeps the bad wrestling away. Peace and love, guys.